My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have um, kind of a delight. It's a mystery. Once in a while, I meet somebody who I don't know, and I have a short conversation with, and I fall in love and want to know more, and I ask them to come on this podcast because I really believe they have such beautiful gifts to share with humanity. And that is my guest today. His name is Ben Michaels. He is the author of Your Next Big Thing. And I'm just delighted to have Welcome to my show, and thank you for being on it. Thanks for thanks for having me, Anna. Yeah, it's really an honor. I um, I'm curious. Tell me, um, why did you write that book? You know, I I wrote the book. I it wasn't intended to write a book. I was writing things that were working. Um, this one <laughs> woman who I was working with. Uh, she had come to me and this is like pretty early in my career. And I honestly, and I, I wasn't helping her and it felt really frustrating for me. Um, like all of the things that I had learned in school. So I was, you know, a few years out just, were just not helpful to this woman. And I, at some point just kind of, there's like a, my neighbor, little girl, always walks, uh, waves oh. at me when she goes, uh, comes home from school. Um, you know, uh, so it do, things, you know, things weren't working, and I was feeling very frustrated. And I just, at some point, just decided to kind of throw everything out, like all the kind of everything that I was taught. And instead, what I said was like, "All right, let's let's forget all this for a minute. What I want you to do is, I want you to close your eyes." And what I want you to think about is I want you to picture your great, great, great granddaughter. Because the only thing that this, that was like the only bright spot in this woman's life was her daughter. And uh, she was a single mom. And um, I said, I want you to imagine, I want you to picture this girl. I want you to try to imagine everything you can about her. Think about where she goes to school, what she likes to do for fun, what she likes to eat for breakfast. Spend some time getting to know her in your mind. And after she was sort of, I could tell that she was kind of there, I said, All right, now what I want you to do is I want you to turn the camera around and I want you to imagine what your great, great, great granddaughter knows about you. Mm-hmm. What does she know about how you contributed to her life? (laughs) And I said, now open your eyes and tell me how you contributed to her life. And it was this like moment in my career, which I'll never forget. And she was like, oh, I know exactly what I do. Like she... I will have made her a piece of jewelry to go to her senior prom in high school. 
and Ow. it was like this like light went off for her for me like that like that one thing opened her up and she started after that like started to like learn about how to make jewelry. she hadn't made jewelry since she play, used to play with beads when she was younger but she hadn't made jewelry since she was younger but she started first doing some beading and then she eventually started to take some metalsmithing classes and so and she you know actually ended up making she she went she was like in the first wave of like etsy.com and like, oh yeah and and it was this moment that like suddenly um everything shifted for her and frankly everything shifted for me and that question that came out of me I, it wasn't planned or rehearsed. It was literally out of frustration. And I mean, the implication, of course, in the question is death. Right? Your great, great, great granddaughter, you're not going to be alive. And so it's a question about legacy and what you do with your time here. And well, again, none of this was pre planned. And so I started to kind of keep notes about what was working with this woman because nothing else was up until then. And then there were, there were a number of different things and it was, a, you know, like, like always, it was not a linear journey. And then one, uh, one, uh, like Christmas time, I was at my in-laws house and I was like looking at over my notes and I was like, you know, if you kind of put this together, it could kind of be a book. And so I, um, started to write a book really about her and then I won't go through all the machinations for the publishing part, but then it, I ended up broadening it, but it was really about this one woman. It, you know, you, it's really funny. You said a word and when you told me, when you were telling me the story, there's something you see about legacy and, and lineage. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, like, look, we only get one shot at this as far as we know. And, you know, it is about like, if you're, if you're spending your time doing things that don't align with what's important to you, it's going to be a not a very pleasant journey. Um, but if you're doing things that if you're spending a, a, a lot of your time doing things that are in line with what's important to you, um, and again, whether or not it's sort of necessarily remembered or not is less important than like if you're contributing to a whole, a collective, you're going to be happier. You know, it's as someone that has worked with very, very wealthy people, I can tell you, look, it's not that money doesn't matter. Anyone that tells you that is, is not telling you the truth. Money does matter. Having, a, a, you know, enough money to take care of yourself and your family does matter. But beyond a some point it it's it, it do, not only doesn't it matter it does it not matter but it's like a it's i think it's a detriment um because it's you can think that that's what the pursuit is about um which i often see and i'm sure you have as well as opposed to like these other things and if you're spending your time doing something that gives you joy and meaning you're just gonna have a much better ride and in a therapy a coach correct i'm sorry say that again you went from therapist to coaching correct i did yeah you know i think that the traditional therapeutic model is a deficit model it's what's wrong with you 
Um, and it's, you know, the language of it is deficit. Like you're a patient, you're ill. And I don't, it doesn't feel right to me. I never liked the term patient. I actually don't like the term client either. I have to say, I don't think that that feels too businessy and patient feels <laughs> like they're, you know, sick, which I don't think that most people are, at least the people that I work with. And so the idea of being able to contribute um, differently, use the knowledge and wisdom in a different way where you're really partnering with someone is just much more who I am. I mean, it just feels much more natural to who I am as opposed to, yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you a question? I'm so fascinated by that. I'm really curious. Now you have me curious. What's, because I think language is so important. What, what name or how do you call the people you work with? I, and I have not solved that problem. I do any, I've come up with all kinds of terms. They're always clunky. I don't like them. The thing that I say is the people that I serve. Um, that's the, term oh my, God. um, you know, <laughs> but I, but it's even that just feels so clunky. I don't know that that's, I, I actually am going to challenge you on that one, man, because I just felt that was the truest thing I've ever heard. Huh. Well, that's... I just, when I laugh like that, I've heard a truth bomb. I know that enough about myself and I'm like, Oh, that's why I love you is because you, you know, that your design is here to serve people. Well, I think I may have mentioned this when we spoke, like my name is Benjamin and the Hebrew for Benjamin is Binyamin, which is son of my right arm, which I've always interpreted to be like the son of, you know, that serves me that of service. So. It, it fits you so it fits you so beautifully. And, and the thing that I love about what you did with the story you just told is your commitment to serve this woman as you threw out everything you learned. Look, all of this, all the learning is only as good as its utility. And that's part of why, you know, when you, when you asked me about switching over from being just a pure therapist to being, uh, coach, like, I think that a lot of times people have insight through the therapeutic process, but if it's not applied, it's not actually helping them, I don't believe, um, or not helping them to the to a degree that I think is appropriate. And so you if you know that you're doing something that is not, you know, not, not serving you, but you keep doing it. Like, I don't know that that's that helpful, frankly. Hmm. So what is it? that you love to do with people now, the people that you serve? You know, I think that there's something very, there's something sacred about the, the relationship that you have with the people that you serve. It's one of the few, like, because, um, and I actually don't know if it's the same for coaches, like, per se, or what state law is, but like, as a, as someone that has a, a license that is a, a licensed, you know, clinical psychologist, what what I say to the people that I work with is protected by law. And there's just so few spaces that are just safe anymore in this world. And so being able to provide someone with a safe space where they can explore and play with ideas with no fear of judgment or reprisal, like then you can do some pretty amazing things. Um, you know, I mean, one of the people that inspired me is Fred Rogers. I mean, he was all about play and like, <laughs> You know, so 
I know. I, I knew I loved you. I just like every time I've only talked to you twice and I keep falling to more in love with you. <laughs> Sorry about that. So go on okay. about Fred. Yeah. Just that like, you know, he was incredibly, incredibly sophisticated person, understood what he was doing um, on a very deep level of providing a place for play with boundaries. And that's when you can, when you do that for someone, the possibilities of what they come up with are tremendous. As long, you know, they feel safe. They know that there's a place to, to, to play, but there's also going to be some boundaries around it. Like that's the ideal environment. And so when I'm, when I'm serving someone, um, you know, if you can develop that kind of rapport where you're just, you know, you're just working on stuff um, collectively and they're like, they know that you're in their corner. It doesn't mean that you have all the answers because I definitely do not. Um, in fact, I tend to think that the people that I serve have their own answers. I'm just there to facilitate their own process. Um, more times than not, that is the case. They, they know what they need to know. They just don't know that they know it. Um, yeah. And so that's what I'm spend my time doing. But like, you know, you know, you do this work when it's when it's working and and you're feeling connected and you're serving someone like it's can i ask you a question yeah it's um what is serving mean to you Mm. this kind of goes back to that legacy thing again like keeping them keeping their best interests in mind but also like if, especially if they have kids or they're gonna have kids or they serve anyone um, for generations like that you're keeping their needs in mind. Um, so like, wow. you know, if for example, you're working with someone that's in a dysfunctional relationship, you know, you have to be thinking about their, their kids um, and like what the implications are for their kids and their kids' kids, because, you know, we learn how to be intimate within our, from our families. And so if they're, they're getting lessons of like intimacy is about, you know, uh, dysfunction or at worst violence, uh, the, that becomes an intergenerational legacy. And so figuring out ways to try to, uh, you know, apprehend that. Wow. Again, I, you, you, there's something about legacy that fascinates me. Hmm. I mean, you've used that word, I think, four times since we've spoken, maybe three if, but I, I like to exaggerate to make a big picture. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? I know. Um, what is it that you see? Because you something about legacy, you see something about, you see something there that I'm curious about, that yeah, I can't see, that I can feel it. I, I, you're just so you know i don't know if you're seeing it you're cutting it in and out a little bit i don't know if oh, it's, no. so I, I hope it's not recording that at least on my end it is so I, I couldn't hear the question can you say it again i'm sorry so are you you see something about legacy the and i don't know what it is that you see and i'm curious because i think you you can point people to the happening that they don't see I'm so sorry. I, I can. Point okay. People All right. To, I'll try. It. All right. I can point people to to what to with legacy. There's something you see that other people don't see. Mm. That 
and I'm wondering what it is you see. I think it's it, it, it's common to you. It looks like obvious, or it's not obvious to other people. You know, um, um, Richard Dawkins, um, you know, uh, who's an, you know, evolutionary biologist or ethologist, um, who wrote the book, um, The Selfish Gene back in, I think, 73, wrote a book that like, you know, he said it, it was in his most important book, but that uh, nobody read called The Extended Phenotype, which was he wrote in like, I think, 82. And in this book, he talks about the sort of intergenerational nature of personality and inheritance. And that like, the example that he uses is the beaver. Um, and I think there's a beaver on the cover that like a beaver doesn't make a dam because it's taught to make a dam. A beaver makes a dam because it's a beaver. And if you look at patterns of behavior of beavers, beavers make dams in the same way that their parents did, not because their parents taught them to do it, but because at least in, in Dawkins's idea, there's like units of behavior that are passed down generation to generation. Oh, wow. And I think that that's the case for so many things. I, I actually don't believe our morality is something that we, on the edges we learn, but our morality is in our DNA. Uh, and there's like great work by um, Jonathan Haidt at NYU that sort of, I think demonstrates this like pretty conclusively that like, our morality is passed down in our DNA and our behavior is passed down in our DNA. And so decisions that we make our behavioral decisions and, and you and I talked about this um, when we last spoke, this idea about energy, like your energy gets passed down too. And so if you can help someone um, to, you know, just help them with their patterns of behavior and energy and things of that nature, it does, it has a ripple effect for generations. I, I, I just get the sense of power and importance to what you're doing. That's, that's kind of you. I, I, I hope so. I, I appreciate that. I hope so. If, if somebody wakes up and they change how they treat their wife or their kids, then that gets all of a sudden, I, I hadn't seen that till right now. I mean, I, I, I saw that the kids, but I, it never occurred to me that it's going to go down the line. It's going to go further down the generations. I had never seen that till right now. Hmm. Well, that's, that's cool and exciting. Uh, I mean, there's like, you know, unfortunately, the work that's been done has been on intergenerational trauma. I'm sure you've read some of that or heard yeah. some of that. It's just, but like, it's going to work both ways. I, I just, you know, it's like you've never, you know, when you see something new and you'd never seen it before, mm -hmm. you kept on saying it. And I'm like, I know there's something really rich here hmm. that you see that I hadn't seen. Well, that's, I, I, and you're, as you said, you know, you're very good at this. Uh, like you ask the right questions and it unlocks the right doors. So, but, but the thing is, is that um, the thing that you did, that you see the power of this. I mean, you may 
when you connect it to your children, your children's children, your children's children, all of a sudden the desire to wake up or whatever would get in the way of you, you have more, there would see more energy or more desire to do the transformation or to let go of the fears or whatever's in the way. Like there's, a, it just seems to be a bigger, um, there was an Aikido move I did one time where they had like four people me and they were all Osensei's teachers. Aikido is a martial art. Osensei is the guy who created it. And I could feel the generations moving through me. I just didn't that it was going to keep going further down. Hmm. That's interesting. And that's what you see clearly. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You don't, for me also, like, these things seem, uh, you know, just like with anyone, like things, things that you're used to seeing become habit for you. And so when you, this is why when we go on vacation or we just, we go to a different location, we see things differently and it helps. It's contrast is the essence of vision. You can't see something until you see it the other way. Right. But, but the obviousness, this just seems obviousness. And the, the thing, the, that I get from you and um, the space that you're creating is so sacred because it holds all the generations. Hmm. So the space just isn't between you and this person. It's there's this generational space too that's included in it. That's, some... that's so interesting. I see. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, but like, honestly, for better and worse, Anna, um, you know, I, there, there's a couple that I don't, I don't usually work with couples. I don't work with couples anymore. There's, there's one that I, well, a romantic couple. I do work with business couples, but, um, or business partnerships, but, um, there's this one and, uh, you know, I said to them, like, whenever they fight, I feel like there's just like a ton of people in the room. Um, because they're, they, for them in particular, there's like an intergenerational fight happening. Um, but I guess I didn't realize that like, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense though, by opening up and being a, a good space and a good vessel, you allow for those generations to show up. Well, I think you see, I mean, the, the beaver example is so perfect. I mean, I just had never seen it till you told me, but that you're holding that and you can see the continuum mm. of life. And you know, in this one moment that the trajectory forward's changing. That to me, like, excuse me, but that's a holy effing <laughs> moment to me. Never seen it. I know it would go to the kids. I'm like, oh yeah, great. <laughs> You know, but, so here, here's a thought experiment that from one book that I read many years ago. So what I, um, we'll do it right here in vivo. Okay. So I want you to picture your um, mother, then picture your grandmother, then picture your great grandmother. Now, great, great, great grandmother. Now, great, 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 great. Go back. Uh, a million times. What do you see? Nothing. But you Too know what's much. there? Everything. Is 
is a yeah it's an organism it's a fish or beyond that it's it's a it's a it's a it's a microorganism wow i i i um god it's my mind is being blown at this (laughs) because what i see is that um it's like the evolution of consciousness. Say that, some more that about it, that. It's um, like in the moment and becoming really present to all of that, consciousness evolves. Mm. And and then what really, it's like, um, like I think about it, um, like if consciousness, it's like going on a slow, but when they come to work with you, it goes on this big arc up. And then everything that follows follows that arc up too. <laughs> so there's a different fuel and trajectory. <laughs> I just had never really seen that before. <laughs> that That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. And I can feel when you said, um, when you said, the thing that I felt in you and I just keep on feeling is the love that you do it for people, with people, from a place of love of not, it's just so apparent. That is kind and I really do believe that to be true. I mean, I, I'm, I think I told you, I made, you know, rules about the people I'll work with mm-hmm. and I'm not for everyone and everyone's not for me. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> and the people that, uh, that I work with, I, I do love and I yeah. let them know that, uh, because, but, but, but both sides of that, that coin are there. Like I can't, you know, you can't do that if you like, pardon me, but if you love everybody, then you don't love anybody. And so like choosing and being really thoughtful about it, I think is a really, really conscious of it is a really important part of that. Yeah, it, it, it's um, the work that I do is based on Sid Banks and I was listening to him and he talked about the problems that we have. We can't solve them from the intellect. It has to come from love. And that's what I feel in you is that why you're successful is you come from this place of love, which is the most powerful energy. I think that's right. That's cool. I think so. If, if people been, if people are lucky enough to meet you and work with you, and if you want them, how do you? How do they find you? How do they get so blessed to find you? And <laughs> you're. Uh, this is all going to go to my head, uh, Anna. Please no, do. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, um, people, I, I have a website, you know, drbenmichaelis.com. And, and you said Dr. Michaels, it's Michaelis. There's an IS before the okay, S. Sorry. So it's, that's sorry. Okay, just letting you know that. No worries. Uh, just uh, so it's drbenmichaelis.com. And like all of, you know, uh, a lot of the things that I've done are on there and writings and things like that. So you can kind of get to know uh, me and see if it's a good fit. So if you just want to change the lineage and trajectory of your family, <laughs> <laughs> and raise consciousness. You just want to do that, if that's and, what you're thinking about doing. Yeah, if you just want to do that, fine, Ben. <laughs> and I apologize. I, I saw it and didn't read it all the oh, way. No worries. No worries. It has been um, just an honor 
to work, talk to this with you today. Well, likewise, I, I really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I can't wait to get to, to know you more. Oh, 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 o